Welcome to Sausage on a Fork, a podcast dedicated to the UK's longest-running children's drama programme, Strange Hill. My name's Neil, and in each episode, I'll interview a former cast member about their life before, during, and after their time on the programme. Welcome to the next episode of Sausage on a Fork. I am unbelievably thrilled to say that I've been joined for this episode by none other than the Queen of Grange Hill, Gwyneth Powell, who played Mrs. Bridget McCluskey. Gwyneth, welcome to Sausage on a Fork. Thank you. Lovely to be here with you. No, you're, you're, you're very, very welcome. Very welcome. What we'll do, Gwyneth, if we can just, uh, we'll start, if you can just cast your mind back to time even before Grange Hill. And how did you get into acting? Well, um, school, school plays. Um, I was always making up plays as well, you know, even when I was very little. Uh-huh. I remember I had a shoebox that I turned into a theatre and bored all the other kids rigid by <laughs> writing scripts and things when I was able to write. Uh-huh. I love going to the theatre. Um, and I think uh, probably my one of my earliest memories that made me think I wanted to be an actress was my maternal granny. Um, who had come from a family of six, um, four girls, and they had been hired out for pantomimes in Manchester, (laughs) slave labour, to do a skipping rope dance. And my my granny was also, she was a kind of um, aid to the good fairy, and the good fairy and the demon king were married. And it wasn't very happy. She had to run to the butcher's shop on a regular basis to buy steak to put on the fairy's black. There was something about that story that made me feel, yay, I want some of that. Yeah. Um, but the real, uh, the real um, entry, I suppose, and made me change course from um, being a teacher, which I was, which I was trained for. Right, it's okay. Um, was that at 16, I saw a notice on the school board saying that Michael Croft was looking for young people to, who were interested in Shakespeare to join the National Youth Theatre. Oh, right. Okay. And was doing regional um, auditions. Uh-huh. So uh, I, I, I wrote in and... Um, he had asked that I should do two Shakespeare pieces. Right. Now, I have to preface this by saying I went to an all-girls school. Right. So I thought the best parts were men's parts. So uh-huh. in a yellow crimpling suit that my mother had bought me with a bow on the front, I did an audition for Martin Jarvis, who was ex-youth theatre, who I was stunned to see because he was my idol. He was at the Manchester library theatre and unfortunately about two weeks before I had seen him do Henry V playing Henry V and I decided to do Henry V as one of my audition pieces (laughs) so the first piece I did was Once More Unto the Breach Dear Friends (laughs) and the second piece that I chose was Blow Winds and Crack Your Cheeks from King Lear. Right. Neither of which, of course, was suitable for a 16-year-old <laughs> girl in yellow crimpling. Um, and they must have thought that I was so peculiar that uh, <laughs> they um, 
could do with a few more laughs. So they invited me to join the National Youth Theatre. And I stayed with National Youth Theatre for uh, five five years. Right. Uh, only in summer breaks. Uh-huh. What used to happen is that they used to take over a theatre, a dark theatre, um, an empty theatre in the West uh-huh. End during the summer months right. and throw a lot of kids from all sorts of different backgrounds from all parts of the country and let us loose on London in the swinging 60s. Um, and my contemporaries at the Youth Theatre were now luminaries like Helen Mirren, um, David Suchet, wow. uh, Alan Armstrong. Um, they could go on. I mean, yeah. uh, but at that time we were all just kids. Yeah. You know? I was going to ask if you got to work with anyone, but obviously being in the National Youth Theatre with all those people, it it must have been something. Well, I I mean, you know, latterly, come to realise that practically everybody you've ever heard of passed through the gates of the National Youth Theatre. Right, yeah. um, People like Daniel Craig, of course, was National Youth Theatre, not later. Uh Um, You know, and the list goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was that was my entry, really. And because um, they didn't let me do a lot except uh, darn tights for a while <laughs> uh, and, and run around London with flyers and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it was so exciting um, uh-huh. and the free the amount of freedom because nobody ever knew what we were up to. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and we uh, um, had a season at the old Vic. Right. Uh, in London, because Laurence Olivier had taken his company uh, with the production of Othello to uh, Moscow. Right. And so um, we used to sleep in, in the old Vic, you know, and do shows on the stage, you know, midnight, uh-huh. one o'clock in the morning. Wow. Um, so, yes, it, so it was an extraordinary time. And I, I the my final year with them, um, we, we were at the Royal Court and for the first time ever, there was a diversion away from Shakespeare. We did a Ben Jonson play called uh, Bartholomew Fair. Right. And um, I played a character called Fat Earth <laughs> in Bartholomew Fair and uh, Pig Woman. She was Pig was a glamorous role right. with a lot of copy decks. On my face, and um, it it got some uh, good notices, and right. uh, suddenly I had I was confronted by agents wanting to know whether I would join them, right. and so um, instead of leaving Goldsmiths and going straight into a teaching job, uh, yeah. I went into the theatre, right. and I went down to. Uh, I mean, it, it might have been a, a slightly different career because the first interview I ever had, and this I was notified of this by telegram because I wasn't on the phone. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> in the days when telegram um, was to say that I had an audition at 20th Century Fox for a movie being directed by the legendary George Cooker, who right. was known as the star maker. I mean, he'd made people like Catherine Hepburn and um, Aud- uh, Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. And, you know, um, and he was directing this film 
Uh, and it was a big part. It was an adaptation of a book, name of which I've forgotten, but sort of Gypsy Girl, um, opposite Robert Shaw. Wow, right. And uh, but it all meant nothing to me. I'd never heard of <laughs> I'd never heard of George Cooker and everything. Yeah. And, and I had an agent at the time who was really old school, uh, who had an astrakhan collar and a silver top thing, <laughs> who met me, who met me and took me in to 20th Century Fox. Yeah. And I remember uh, reading for George Cooker. And then I had a recall for that. And it was all looking promising. And then the finance as happens with films fell through right. the film is never oh, right. so the agent had another idea and that was to send me down to Worthing Rep <laughs> as an ASM cleaning out the lavatories <laughs> um, and I stayed there I had, first of all I had a contract there for six weeks uh -huh. um, for the first show um, and then that turned into two two and a half years Wow! and then I went to Bristol Vic and I had two years there. And in the company there was a young Jeremy Irons. Wow. And Tim Pickett-Smith, um, yeah. who'd all just left drama school. Uh -huh. oh. So, yeah, so I've, I've, I've watched a lot of young people turn yeah. into very big stars. Yeah, definitely. So then when did, the, when did that transition from theatre to television? Say, play, or were you ah, a, a, running alongside well, that, that, was, that was just another piece of serendipity um, because at the Connaught Theatre in Worthing, uh, I did um, Hobson's Choice uh -huh. and played Maggie Hobson, the, the leading part. Uh -huh. And Willie Mossop, my counterpart, um, had a friend called John Bowen, who right. was a writer and director, and he came to see it, and he had a commission, unbeknownst to me, um, to write um, a series for London Weekend called The Guardians, uh -huh. and suggested me for for the juvenile uh, right. lead in that, um, which I got. So, um, which was lucky because <laughs> I just got married to uh, an impecunious actor. <laughs> and um, we got a house, but we had no way of paying the first month's mortgage. <laughs> right, okay. Or, or, or indeed buying a wedding ring. So right. um, <laughs> I wore my mother's wedding ring to the to the wedding. We had an empty house, really. We had a bed and we had a table. And, that was, and then I got the guardians and um, we were secure for six months or right. more with money coming in. Yeah. 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 So that was the first big series. But prior to that, I had done um, one television for Granada called Rogue's Gallery. Right. Um, that was all set in Newgate Jail. Right. Uh, and then, as I say, I got the Guardians. And that yeah. Because was... I was looking at your CV. I mean, some of your notable performances, you know, you were in like Zed Cars and yeah. Emmerdale Farm and. Yeah, Coronation Street and Dixon of Doc Green. Ah, uh, yeah, I did. I did six series of Dixon of Doc Green, yeah. playing a different part every time. <laughs> if Jack Warner liked you, you were in the Dixon rep, right? You know? Right. And um, that that was amazing too, because all the characters that used to pop up, Diana Dawes and yeah. Alan Lake, um, you know, 
In fact, uh, the producer was the first, because Alan Lake went to jail, of course, Diana Dawes' husband, and um, Joe Waters, who was producer on Dixon, was the first person to offer him a job in Dixon uh -huh. when he yeah. left jail. And I played his wife in that episode. Great. <laughs> Right, and then lots of stories there. Did yeah. you get Did you get to work with um, Nicholas Donnelly on Dixon and Doc Green? Yes, right, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just wondering about whether your your paths had, had previously crossed on there. That was all. Oh yes, yes, yes. He was yes, he was the desk sergeant, and, but not uh, but not with the Scottish accents or <laughs> on no. that one. No. <laughs> Poor Nick. Yes, I think yeah. he he decided on that Scottish accent without knowing that it would go on for so long. <laughs> <laughs> so so that that sort of led up through the through the 70s and I've, I've noticed another one was in you did six episodes of armchair thriller um always playing yes. a policewoman or, uh, or, or once, nearly always playing a policewoman. Two, two separate series <laughs> yeah. actually um one was um called rachel in danger in fact i was i was the only person who was given that was john bowen again so he uh, he, he kept me going for a long time john yeah. was very loyal usually wrote me into something um the first one was called rachel in danger and i uh -huh. played a policewoman in that and the second armchair thriller that i did um was starring opposite ian mckellen right. i played ian mckellen's wife in that it's called dying day right yeah yeah so then how did grange hill come about then again um i was I was in, I think it was the Enigma Files, which was a follow-up to Dixon uh -huh. um, with Tom Adams. And uh, it was it was shown on the Sunday night. And on the Monday morning following, I had a call from my agent to say um, Colin Kent uh -huh. um, had been on the phone and he was the producer of a show called Grange Hill and wondered if you would be interested in playing the headmistress. He's sending a script through. So I knew it was children's television uh -huh. and I had young nieces and uh -huh. nephew. And so I rang my brother, uh, their father, and said, do the kids know anything about this show called Grange Hill? And so he went away and he said, oh, yo, yes, you've got to do it. <laughs> right. They've watched it. And it's fabulous, and you've got to be in it. And I said, right, well, okay, I'll do them a favour then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if, it's, if it's that important to them, I'd better oh, take it. Yeah. And, of course, I never thought that it would go beyond that series. No. Uh, no who I, knew? Yeah, because obviously you came in as Mrs McCluskey and a, a legend was born, let, let's say. And Mrs. McCluskey, when she came in, the, the children probably didn't like it that much because she came in and made a mark on the school, didn't she? She came in and she was very yes. stern, very stern, yeah. very strict. Reintroducing school uniform and banning the school mm. magazine and corporal punishment. Oh, oh yeah, that was the that was the other one. Giving the cane out, yeah, yeah. Can I ask what was it like filming filming that scene with the uh, Kathy Hargreaves, wasn't it? I think we giggled a lot actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, you, so you didn't really know anything about the show other than uh, your no. family had said it was it was amazing and you had to do yeah. it. Yeah. No, I, actually, um, Christine, 
Christine, the, the, the first director I worked with was called Christine and she'd worked on it a lot with Colin uh-huh. Kant. And they were they they were lovely. I mean, they took me out for lunch and talked about it. And, yeah. Um, and we talked about, you know, I, I, fortunately, I got that out of the way early on because McCluskey, I said, <laughs> where, where was she? Where was she from? And they said, well, she, we can be from anywhere. Thank God, because I would have been in the same case as um, Nick Donnelly. I'd have been stuck with an accent that I had to keep on trying to do for. Yeah. 11 years or whatever and nice. um, so that was yeah and um they just you know said just do what you want with it really right right because it, it was still in its it really in its infancy wasn't it the program oh the yeah time. absolutely it, i mean it was series four when you joined so but it was i think it was already sort of making waves so to speak and a lot of parents didn't like their children watching it and stuff because of what the children were doing. But fortunately, a lot of parents did let their children watch it. Unfortunately, a lot of children went round to their friend's house to do their homework so that they could watch it as well. So was I there... was told that from by somebody who'd been at Eton right. that um, they they had found a way to watch it in a broom cupboard there and sold <laughs> ticket. <laughs> I love that one. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Love That's that. a kind of gonch scheme, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Can I ask though? So, when you first joined it, obviously the the teachers and the staff were sort of on the periphery, weren't they? They weren't. They were brought in for scenes. It wasn't like they had any yes. storylines of their own. Were you aware of all the other storylines that the children had going on, and and, and these big storylines that were were being introduced? Yes. Right. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. What did how did you find the relationship between the adults and the children? Well, say I mean they were whipped away um, ostensibly to do lessons. I'm not uh-huh. sure how much learning went on, <laughs> but they you know they were called in to do their scenes and then they disappeared. Uh-huh. And you of course they all clung to each other and you know ran around yeah. the corridors at BBC at lunchtime and all that sort of thing. And then we all got shipped off to uh, Elstree eventually. Um, but we did, we did mingle in terms of, you know, there was always a Christmas party. Yeah. Um, and we did the, uh, I organized a couple of things that, you know, we did as a spoof for right. the kids to entertain the kids. All right. Kind of thing. Um, and, and they did things to entertain us and, you, uh-huh. you know, it was, I suppose a bit like a, a normal school because you didn't socialize with the, you know, they were yeah. so much younger than we yeah. were, but um, everybody was, you know, everybody was very friendly and there never was, it never seemed to be a barrier between, uh-huh. I mean, I remember a very young Sue Tully right. coming up to me very boldly when we were on vacation at a school in Hammersmith, which was the first, location uh-huh. and saying to me um what's your favorite film <laughs> i said oh, well, I, can't, I, can't, I can't think mine's um willie wonka and the chocolate factory <laughs> and i said oh right she said have you watched it i said no she said um gene wilder fantastic i'll bring you and she brought me a copy the next day oh <laughs> and and I, I i was so bowled over by her she was so um 
sure of herself, really. And yeah. um, of course, played Suzanne, didn't she? Yeah. You know, she became um, enemies on set, but um, I was always interested. I knew that she would do yeah. something spectacular. And she has, of course, become a, a wonderful director. So. Yeah. And the two and, of you know, thinking back that that, yeah. that was a, she was it... making her mark then. She was watching films that she really loved and seeing yeah. how they played out with that. Yeah, I mean the, the two of you are in one of Grangel's most famous scenes as well, when she she walked in dressed as Boy George. <laughs> yes. And, and she gives that swagger as she walks away from you. And <laughs> you do the famous Mrs. McCluskey eye roll. <laughs> uh, as she walks away and that's it I love that scene because I remember thinking there's no way anyone else could have done what what Sue Tully did, does in that and, and I've seen her talk about it and she said she said I don't know why I did that walk away at the end she said I just I was just walking off because she threw that swagger in I thought well it made the scene didn't it um, yes absolutely after she said yeah. to you I, I like I, I really don't care what you think or or, or yeah. something like yeah. that yeah. um Up yours yeah. yeah yeah basically yeah <laughs> so obviously when you were on the program you got to work with some amazing actors and actresses was there anyone who you really enjoyed working with Oh, yes. I mean, Mike Cronin, yeah. uh, I, I loved working with it. And George A. Cooper, yeah. latterly. <laughs> um, Anna Quayle. Um, uh, yeah, all, I mean, all of all of them, really. Um, uh -huh. It was a very, it was a very happy band of uh, actors. You know? um, yeah. Um, and uh, some of them became... Uh, really close friends like uh, George uh, and Karen. Um, um, yeah. No, and, and sadly, so many of them have died, haven't they? It's yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I always like when, when Mr. Bronson was introduced and you had quite a few scenes there with him because your two characters, although they wanted the best for the kids, were so polar opposites, weren't they? Um, yeah, McCluskey absolutely. and Bronson were so different. Mm -hmm. what, yeah, what was it, it was, like it was a good it? dynamic, wasn't yeah. it? I think yeah. it played out well dramatically. Yeah, what was, um, it, what was it like working with, with Michael Sheard? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 we, we, we hit it off. He was good fun. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and we enjoyed those scenes. Yeah. You know, we, it, both up to our game, I think. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so do you have any favourite storylines or, or episodes of your own that, that you were involved with? Oh, there were so many, weren't there? I mean, it's hard to pick out. Uh -huh. There are instances rather than... Right, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, I remember very early on that... Uh, a school inspector, a real school inspector, <laughs> was coming to the BBC. Right. They'd forgotten. They had forgotten right. to get the licences <laughs> for the children. Uh, I mean, that was pretty serious. Yeah. And it was... Uh, so the children were hiding <laughs> um, as this guy entered the building with his briefcase and everything. And it was 
quickly rescheduled to do an adults only theme. <laughs> <laughs> and they were hidden, they were hidden all around the set, kids. Wow. Uh, and they said, no, no children here. No, we have applied for the licenses and we won't use the children until those licenses appear. Thank you very much. Goodbye. And we and he went off and it was just like, I mean, it was like a scam that happened in the, in the, in the show. Yeah. You know, it was more dramatic than something uh, that happened. That, yeah, there they you go. Had... There's, a, there's a massive exclusive there on Sausage on a Fork. I wasn't expecting that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I could have just asked you there about storylines and episodes because, as you said, there was so many, wasn't there? You know, the yeah. the racism and the likes of Jeremy and, and, and Danny Kendall dying. I love the ones with Scruffy McGuffey, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love those episodes. Um, uh, and uh, and there was one, wasn't there, there was a school dance. Yeah. And, uh, and that's a classic scene as well, you know, because it's all about Claire and Stu Potter, isn't it? Getting back together. And then... yeah. Two comes on as you've just gone for a dance with with, with Scruffy and and again the McCluskey eye roll comes out <laughs> in the middle of that one <laughs> as well and so then just moving a little bit further on you were Mrs McCluskey was head teacher and then there was the big major with the other schools and all of a sudden Mrs McCluskey wasn't the headmistress anymore the the never seen Mr Humphreys was um, <laughs> became the headmaster. But, and again, that was when the likes of Mr. Bronson arrived and uh, Gonch Gardner and all, all those characters, all, like, all these amazing characters get introduced, didn't they? But then Mr. Humphreys, a bit later on, it was obviously sadly killed. And then Series 9, 1986, which was a massive, massive turning point for Grange Hill with the Just Say No and um, the drug addiction and everything, and Imelda coming in and Danny Kendall coming in and all, all these people. Could just go back to just say no. As someone who was on the show, but not not really involved with the the, the furore around it. How did you see that? How what what was that like for for yourself? Um, what did you think of it? it, it, it um, I thought it was quite explosive stuff. My yeah. concern, my concern chiefly, and I expressed this to the powers that be was that they should make it very clear by putting Lee McDonald on as many chat shows as possible uh-huh. that he was not a drug addict. Yeah. Because I was very concerned when um, Mark had a tough time yeah. um, having been gripper. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was very unpleasant for him and there was no backup. Right. And I... My main concern was not the storyline, but what would happen to the actor uh-huh. in that storyline. And I remember talking to the producer about it. Yeah. Um, and they did, in fact, uh, pull out all the stops. I think he was on Wogan and all sorts of other programmes. Uh-huh. And, and there was a lot of publicity for him that clearly showed that he was an actor. Yeah. Not the character. Yeah. Um. And that's that's really my main memory of that and my main concern with it, um, because I did feel that at the time there probably wasn't due diligence in uh-huh. terms of what they gave some of the kids to do, because people really believed, particularly their own age group, uh-huh. that they were like 
that. Yeah. Those characters were them. Yeah. And that the way that kind of blurred into being a kind of reality and the way some of the kids were attacked. Yeah. Particularly, you know, um, uh, like Gripper Stebson. Uh-huh. Um, was was very worrying, and I don't think anybody had considered the the effect that it, that those storylines have. Uh-huh. That that's you being uh, being Mrs. McCluskey there and looking yeah. out for him, and I think that's fantastic what what you did there. Well, I think it helped Lee. Um, yeah. I think it helped Lee a lot. Yeah, definitely, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, and others and others with. Um, storyline like Fleur and you know the girl yeah. gangs and that. Yeah, I was say there was dangerous. So you know it was dangerous territory because it was all new that and it was you know mirroring real life and people did begin to you know as I say their own contemporaries yeah. and think that that was who they were. Yeah. So when they were seen you know in Sibby Street so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um. It was difficult for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there was also that year, there was a few uh, other uh, big storylines there. Obviously, we had to just say no, and, you know, they, the record came out, and they went, you know, they got to the White House and all that. Um, but there was also that year, there was the Faye Lucas and Mr. King relationship, and yeah. there was the Ros Partridge, who, heaven forbid, was an unmarried mother. I mean, it yes. sounds daft in this day and age, doesn't it? Yeah. But in yeah. no, in, in, in you know, in those days, it was a, it was a big thing, and obviously, you were heavily involved in those mm. storylines as well. Mm. And again, that's where we saw the nice side. The, the, not to say the nice side, because Miss McCluskey was, was basically a nice teacher, but the fact that she stuck up for the teachers in those situations, mm. which mm. maybe in this day and age. Certainly, the 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 Faye Lucas, Mister King one. I don't know if the teacher would have had would get that support no probably not no and then we saw you at the end of the fun run dressed for the first time as little bo peep <laughs> can i ask because that does turn up again <laughs> a couple of series later was that your own costume or was that wardrobe <laughs> oh no that was that was uh, my my oldest friend who i'd met in the youth theater when we were 16 she's a, turned into a costume designer right and so when um they were doing this fun run i asked if if i could come up with something that that she could make for me <laughs> right okay so, she <laughs> so we decided on little bo peep and that was and she made that wonderful costume for me yeah yeah oh well, that's it so that's what you thought i'm going to get use out of this and you used it a couple of times is, <laughs> is that what that was making sure you got some use out of it okay so then I've got to ask you about the donkey, because uh, I know you. I don't think you had that much to do with the donkey, did you? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Ruth was on the other week, and Ruth was saying about how much she loved doing those bits with the donkey. Oh, that was that was mainly that was a a a, a storyline for George Cooper, yeah. wasn't it? Really? Yeah. Because you know, you lovely know. George. Yeah, you know. absolute star, and then. Uh, Danny Kendall. So obviously that was a that was a huge storyline at the time. That was a, a big shock, more so I thought than when than when Jeremy had died, because Danny was such a, a big character and you know quite mm. Um, mm. integral to the to the program. But there is a 
I've I've spoke to George about this, and I've spoke to Ruth about this as well. There's the Danny Kendall Memorial, which is a really serious scene, but when it was getting filmed, everyone was laughing about it because George said in the rehearsal he'd made a throwaway comment, which everyone was remembering when they were filming the scene. And I just wondered if if you were if you'd been aware of how much they were all laughing <laughs> during that scene. <laughs> no, I, I can't say I was. Because when you watch it back, there's a few of them, the likes of John Drummond, you can tell, is really stifling a laugh. Ian Congdon has got his hand to his face. And there's a few of them oh, as, the camera, as yes. the camera pans around, you can see that something's happened there. And another thing that happened in that series was the end of year prom, which was a big thing because no one really had proms in those days. And again, it's it, Grange Hill being a little bit groundbreaking and, and introducing proms to, to the UK. So it's, so it's Grange Hill's fault that the UK's have proms all the time now. And also, Michael Sheard left that year and mm. was replaced by Mr Hargreaves, who was very, very different. And Kevin O'Shea, I thought, p- plays him really well because he comes across as quite bumbling, but at the same time, he, he's quite harsh as well, isn't he? Yes. And yeah. what what was it like? What what was Kevin like? Uh, oh, Kevin's lovely. I I'd worked with Kevin uh, before several right. times on the Gentle Touch. Ah, right, okay. Because he was a regular on that, but I did. Um, I was well, semi regular, but I did two different series playing the same part. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So, then- so yes, I, I I knew Kevin. Um, I haven't seen him for a long time, so he's. In that and in that in that series, there was quite you were quite involved quite a lot. Again, there was a quite a few storylines there with the likes of the animal rights campaign with Ronnie Bertles and yeah, yeah. the the hooliganism with Robbie Wright and Mike Bentley and Matthew Pearson setting fire to his house and stuff. As an as as an adult after watching these kids, how how good is it when you see like their character progression, but also their their acting developing as well. Well, it was great. And and actually, um, what I always felt was that the acting with kids, you know, the old story, never act with animals or children. <laughs> yeah. um, but I I used to love it because they, they can't dissemble. They don't dissemble. You know, lots of actors act, but kids don't. They just give you... Yeah what comes off the top of their head. And I used to love that. I used to love that. And it taught me a lot. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then um, series 14 comes around. Um, and again, more groundbreaking things was uh, Brian Shaw's leukemia and Chrissy Mannering becoming pregnant. Um, Sounding an awfully depressing show. <laughs> there were lots of comedy ones. Well, no, there was loads. I'm, I'm just picking out the big storylines. Um, yeah, yeah. The, 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 you know, the stuff that was hadn't been done, certainly on kids' television mm. before. Mm. And then also we had then Mrs. McCluskey announcing that she was taking early retirement. Now, if you don't mind me saying, at first, that comes across as very early retirement because... Um, I think I, I asked them to write me out. Right. I gave them a year to write me out. Uh-huh. Um, I just felt that it was, I, I was becoming, I don't know, uh, it was becoming predictable. And, right. Uh, um, and I just felt it was time to break away. So I, I had, I had 
no knowledge of how they were going to do it. And I thought uh -huh. it perhaps could have been something a bit more dramatic, really. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> I mean, that, they, they, they couldn't have killed you off. They, they couldn't have killed Mrs. McCluskey off because that would have been horrendous if, they, <laughs> if they'd done that. But yeah, because at first it was announced as early retirement. And then it was like, they must have realised, I'm gone, she's far too young to take early retirement. So it was written that she was had another job teaching. Yeah, I was going on to train oh, other people to yeah. be as marvellous as I was. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's that scene where at the leaving party, Julie Buckfield was singing. I, I, I never know in, in things like this. Did you know that that was going to happen? I can't remember. Probably of... did by the time we done it a few times right. anyway. okay. yeah yeah okay so that was 1991 and 169 episodes imdb have got listed on, on grange hill can i ask what was the public reaction to mrs mccluskey like was anyone ever scared <laughs> uh i think i don't think so because i think most people sort of thought of me as um firm but fair yeah. Um, and I only, I lived in Brighton at the time, uh -huh. um, uh, for some some of the time that we were filming that. And I remember coming back quite late off the train and there was nobody around except this um, guy who had sort of pins through his nose and looked a bit <laughs> unsavory. Who, who appeared to be, as I quickened my steps, quickening his steps. Right. And I thought, oh, I have to get home without um, some incident. And he suddenly came close to me and he said, excuse me, excuse me. And I said, yes. like that. And he said, um, could I just put my arm around you to say I've done it in your Mrs. McCluskey yard? <laughs> And he was, he was so sweet. <laughs> and he was like, so, so scared to ask. And then he plucked up the courage. Yeah. So he just put his arm around me and said, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a big relief, but it, I mean, it was, um, it was nice. And I think it showed, uh, it, you know, in answer to your question, I think it showed that that was the, that yeah. kind of reception that it, that the park got. Yeah, really. I I think I think most people would have loved a head teacher like Mrs. McCluskey because she well, she was... had a sense of humour as yeah. well, didn't she? Yeah, you definitely. Know, she wasn't she wasn't all just authoritarian or anything. She was and she was um, fair but fair, like all the best teachers are. Aren't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, what did you do from leaving Grangehill? Then, what was your your, your next sort of uh, big role there? Uh. Oh, well, the I needed a break. I needed to get back to the theatre, really. That was right. what I really wanted to do. So, um, again, serendipity, uh, coming back to the train from the studios in Elstree, there was a uh, Oxfam shop. I used to pop in and buy books, you know, to uh -huh. keep me occupied on the train journey. And I picked up a book called Diary of a Provincial Lady, uh, which had been published in the 30s. Right. And uh, it made me laugh out loud on the train. <laughs> right. And I got home and I said, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to get the rights to this 
and I'm going to turn it into a one-woman show. Right, wow. And uh, I did. And uh, then that had spin-offs because they were other books by the same author, Ian Delafield. And I ended up doing three. Right, uh, wow. Three of the books. Um, and a fourth book that I adapted that was done for radio. Uh -huh. But the the other three I toured with uh, on and off with bits of other television for about six years. Right. Um, went to Edinburgh, went all over the country with it. Um, uh -huh. And uh, um, yeah, that was a really, really happy time. And yeah. It was marvellous to have um, control over the material, yeah. the director, the look of it. Costumes. My friend Tina came in again and did costumes <laughs> for me. Um, so, so that was that was uh, that was a kind of um, intermission, you know, doing something yeah. completely and utterly different. Yeah. And of course, it did help that I'd been in Grain Chill because I got quite a lot of publicity. Great. From that. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. So then, another thing that I want I wanted to ask you about was obviously then you turned up in A Touch of Frost and yes. working with David Jason. As a tart. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to mention Never let that. it be said <laughs> that I've been typecast. No, no. definitely, <laughs> definitely not. Can I ask, is David Jason everything you would expect him to be like? Yes. I mean, I'd known David's brother, Arthur, for right. years and years, actually. He lived in Brighton. Uh -huh. um, and also... Uh, I was directing quite a bit at this time and uh, directed Arthur right. in, he played Smee for me and Peter oh, Pan. Right, yeah. uh, which David came to see, uh, I think. Yeah, no, I mean, again, it was, and Paul Seed who directed those episodes or, or um, the first one that I was in anyway. Uh -huh. um, he directed me in the theater very early on. So right. uh, again, it was a very happy, you know, yeah. it was a very happy time. Enjoyed that very much. Yeah. Yeah. And as you've said there, you definitely, definitely weren't typecast into that role. <laughs> so then I made a few notes of a, of a few programs. Another one that was, I always thought was strangely popular was Echo Beach. Could yeah, you... it flopped like mad, but um there's still like quite a bit bit of love for it as well. It's it, it's almost like a cult, Is that... isn't it? Echo oh, Beach. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. And I, I just see things occasionally, like obviously you get people, as you say there, about it flopping, but the people that watched it loved it, you know. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. But again, that was lovely, you know, working with Jason and uh, uh -huh. Donovan, and you know, it was yeah, it was yeah, good fun. And then the, the the next one I've got is um, Shaparak Kasandi's Little Cracker, <laughs> which which is yeah. heavily Grange Hill based, isn't yeah. It? For anyone that doesn't know, it's about Shaparaka Sandy when she was younger, and she'd made this. It's, I think it's. I think it was a true story, or loosely based on a true story, of how she told people in her school that she could get Todd Carty to go to the Christmas <laughs> fair, and you play the headmistress in that yes. episode. <laughs> how did how did that come about? Did did, did she come to you with that one? Yes, yes, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, because I know I know that she is a, a big Grange Hill fan. Like, but obviously they didn't get Todd in on that one, did they? they... Oh, there was there was a shot of Todd at the end. Oh, but the, right. uh, okay. the, the, the young Todd was oh, played right. by 
uh, terrific. I mean, he looked just like he was a real doppelganger. Yeah. Took my breath away, actually. I can't remember his name. Uh -huh. But then Todd appeared at the end in a wedding scene. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last thing I want to talk to you about on television is Man Down with, with Greg Davis, because I, I think that's brilliant. Anyway, Man Down. How did that come about for you being in that? Um, Greg, big fan of Great Channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, because um, he he wanted his he said his dream cast was to have Rick Mail playing his dad. Yeah, and Mrs. McCluskey playing <laughs> his mum. Because I, I was watching I was watching a couple of episodes of that the other day, and there was one scene where you give him a proper Mrs. McCluskey look. And I just thought, I wonder if that's why he got her to be the mum. And, and now I know <laughs> the truth there. So I need to ask you, because, I mean, this fella was one of my biggest idols. What was it like working with Rick Mail? Oh, um, <laughs> I can't tell you. He was just, just lovely. Um, we got on so well. One of my favourite scenes of anything I've ever done was in one episode where Greg says he's going to do a fun run or he's going to go yeah. running and keep fit or whatever. And um, we both start laughing. Uh -huh. We could, we just couldn't stop. I mean, he was, <laughs> his laugh was so infectious. And the yeah. two of us were just, if you ever watched that one, we're just rocking with laughter. Um, and we were on most days, actually, it was quite difficult to get some of the, the <laughs> scenes done because there was a lot of corpsing went on. Yeah. And he, against all of the, you know, the young ones uh, persona, he was such a gentleman. He was so uh -huh. considerate of other people and just a delight. I mean, he was delightful to be with. It, it was yeah. heartbreaking. We were just about to start a second series when uh -huh. he died. Yeah. And um, uh, Greg, everybody, we're, we're just, you know, uh, I mean, we had to have a break because obviously yeah. wasn't certain whether we'd go on to do another yeah. series. Because I know, I know Greg said, I've seen an interview with him on Graham Norton and he was saying about it. You've mentioned the fantasy casting there because obviously they have got a look of each other. Mm. But he said when he rang Rick Mayle up to tell him that the show had been commissioned he said the Rick Mail answered the phone and just gave him a height of abuse start on the phone and then was like <laughs> why are you ringing me basically like um I don't like I don't like to swear on this because my mum might listen to it so I'm not going to say exactly what he said to him but he yeah, calls him names down the phone and then when he says well I want you to be my dad we've been commissioned he was like oh right congratulations <laughs> you know yes. um and, and, I, and I, ju I just think it must have been amazing to work with him I mean throughout your career anyway you've worked with some amazing actors haven't you know I've mentioned it uh -huh. earlier on as well but for me, out of everyone, working with Rick Mayle, just for me on a personal thing, would have been the highlight, you know? Um, yeah. No, no, it was it was definitely. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it was just, it was a dream job. Yeah. It was lovely. Um, I love working with comedians, if there's anybody listening to this. <laughs> and I have, <laughs> I have just been working with Lee Mack. All right. a, a special episode of Not Going Out. Oh, and again, he he's a big fan of Grange Hill. Right. And yeah. yeah. Um, 
and it, and Johnny Vegas, I've worked with quite a lot. And uh-huh. again, that was because he was a big Grange Hill fan. And yeah. So it's it's obviously appealed to lots of comedians. And yeah. you know, you're just going to laugh all day. Uh-huh. And that's to me, to get paid just to laugh all day is the best thing that, in the that world. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> and that's what they always say, isn't it? Find a job you enjoy doing and you never have to work. Another day yes. in your life, that's do you? It. That, yeah. That's it. So, so you're, you're obviously, as you say, you're still, you're still acting. Anything else coming up that you're allowed to tell us? Uh, well, that goes. Uh, that episode goes out. It's just a sort of one-off episode of uh, uh, not going out um, because it's called Jury. Right. So Lee Mack finds himself on a jury. So it's not got any of the regulars apart from Lee Mack. Uh-huh. So we were all brought in, you know, like right. Samantha Spiro and people, to do this um, jury. You know, he's on the jury with hysterical results. <laughs> so that's that. That, that, goes, that goes out on April the 22nd, I think. Right. Okay. Course, according to Lee, it does. Um, <laughs> whether the BBC changed change track, yeah. I don't know. And also, just before that, the uh, work with John Sim on um this um grace right the yeah the the um detective books Uh yeah and again another uh, that was very sweet actually because uh we were waiting to do this scene i hadn't met john before but i was a big fan of his Uh and um we were just chatting about you know the weather or whatever and he suddenly stopped in the middle of conversation i can't hold this in any longer I loved Grange Hill. <laughs> he said your photo went up in the makeup wagon before you arrived, and everybody was so excited. <laughs> and it's oh. just so it's so it's you know it's and now you'd it, it's just so lucky to have had a job like that uh-huh. for any actor. Yeah, that down the line, twenty years later, people still remembering the series and yeah. your contribution to it it's an honor really a thrill yeah oh mm. excellent can i just ask then going back to grange hill are you still in touch with anyone from the program oh yes um i mean uh, um uh george uh oh, yeah. we we whatsapp each other and and uh and constantly bumping into <laughs> Lee and Erkan and right. Alison <laughs> yeah. Lisa, on various things. Oh, because you were on um, Nevermind the Buzzcocks, weren't you, at Christmas? Yes. Yeah, right. I remember yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, and that was Greg. Uh, yeah. Rang me up and, <laughs> and you come to Elstree in an hour's time. What? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know off what it was for, no? Well, he just rang me up. He said, we, we're having a production meeting. And um, I thought that you could, they, they were going to do the uh, just say no thing. Yeah. And he said, uh, I said, I, I'd ask you if you'd come. And I said, yes, but of course, when is it? He said, in about two hours time. <laughs> He's sending a car now. So... <laughs> Yeah, Amazing. Uh, but that, again, it was lovely. It was lovely a, a to see Greg briefly, and yeah. um, but also to to see the kids. Yeah, and yeah. I would, as I said, I always think of them as my kids. Yeah, well, even lovely. though they're 
grown up and bald. Because <laughs> well, George, George was telling me about um, the fact that you're in touch with him a lot now, and he said he said he would never have thought that that would have happened. He said, but put, it was pointless, wasn't it? It was the, when you were yes. both on pointless together. Yes, and got to the final as well. Excellent, you know, good good yes. showing there. You do, yes, well. yes. So I've just got just a, a few more questions, Gwyneth. They're all connected to Grange Hill. Uh, the, these last few questions. Now, other than Mrs. McCluskey, did you have a favourite character on the programme? Uh, I would have to say George A. Cooper. Right. Yeah, Mr. Griffiths. Uh, I mean, you could tell that he perfected his craft, hadn't he? He was a brilliant, brilliant actor, I thought. Yeah. I love watching his scenes. Maybe as a kid, he was probably, he came across as maybe a bit pompous and whatever. But when I've watched it back as an adult, I've just thought, He's so good. He's so good mm. in, in that and, role. and the relationship between the two of them was very yeah. touching, I think. Yeah, yeah. because he, he had so much respect, didn't he? So yes. much respect for Mrs. McCluskey. <laughs> Would you have liked to have played any other character if you couldn't have played Mrs. McCluskey? No. 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 I mean, I, if, if, I, if I'd have played Mrs. McCluskey, I wouldn't have wanted to have played anyone else either. So, so the last question then, why do you think there is still this affection for Grange Hill? Why are we still talking I, about it? Oh, it's because um, there there were so few television channels, weren't there? So everybody uh -huh. was watching the same thing. Uh -huh. It doesn't happen now. No. Um, and there was no social media, and there was no there was no interrupt. Everybody knew that that was on those days, and they yeah. rushed home from school to see it. And I think anything that you've watched that's made an impact on you as a child stays with you forever. I did a series called Squadron and I came back home to my husband and I was almost speechless with excitement. I said, you'll never guess who the guest star is, guest star this week. It's Robin Hood. It was Richard Green. Right. And I'd grown up watching Richard yeah. Green as Robin Hood. And there he was. I was acting scenes with him. Yeah. And I, I was, you know, in my 30s then. And I uh -huh. thought that was like the most exciting thing that had ever happened. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the thing I always say about Green Chill is that it, it taught a lot of kids a lot about, you know, life and things that mm. do go on. Because if it's someone like me who had... I had quite a, a sheltered childhood. I think that was why my mum and dad let me watch Grange Hill because it, it taught me a lot. You know, there, were, there are people out there who will maybe try and get you into drugs. Are, are people who do have a life of crime, you know, who haven't got the same life as you. And, and I do think that it taught children an awful lot. Mm. And I would like to thank you for being part of it and for being everyone's favourite head, headmistress. Because well, it, was a, it was a real treat and a real privilege I think um, and who knew you know when my nieces and nephews uh, <laughs> yeah. persuaded me that it was the best thing going yeah. uh, they were right yeah <laughs> well I just want to thank you so much for coming on on onto the podcast because it's been well I'm glad we made it in spite yeah. <laughs> of technical problems <laughs> yeah it's been absolutely fantastic for you to come on and and, and give us your view and your, your insights to it. So thank you so much. Uh, oh, I've loved it. Thank you very much for uh, asking me. No, you're very, very welcome. Like Ruth, I, I haven't stopped smiling the whole time. And I've had to resist the urge to call you Miss so many times <laughs> as well. But no, it's been brilliant. Thank, thanks again. 
And for anyone that's listening, I'll speak to you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.